0: All welcome to episode 21 of the Cincy Postcast. We have a lovely, lovely show for you. Uh, in part one, we discuss Hell is Real, in particular, whose fault it was. A couple of hot takes in this one, as well as just discussing the rivalry of Overall, in part two, a little bit more of a grab bag of a couple of different topics we've been wanting to discuss, including is Chris Albright blowing it? Uh, We discussed Brandon Vasquez having a contract option or not, or does it hasn't entirely been clear. And then in part three, we have the return of Soccer Blog Book Club, a much-loved segment from before, and we're bringing it back. And that'll be your Postcast Episode 21. Oh, and joining me to talk about all of that and more, we've got two beautiful faces that... You, dear listener, have never seen. I'm dealing with two <laughs> alter egos still. Uh, we've got uh, with us tonight uh, Chief Warpig himself. Chief, have have you recovered from Hell Is Real, or, or are you still feeling it?
1: I spent the majority of Hell Is Real out in the deserts of Utah, where it was 108 degrees out at altitude. <laughs> so I was actually in hell watching this game. I'm fairly confident. <laughs>
0: Oh gosh, and Grayson, uh, how same question to you? How about yourself? Have you have you recovered emotionally or physically? Apparently, from Hell is real.
2: Uh, I've I've been uh you know comfort eating basically <laughs> okay, every night. Good. <laughs> uh, I had a nice meal at Deer in Hyde Park tonight with uh, my wife and my sisters, and we we walk into the restaurant, and my sister gets really quiet. And she leans in. And she's like, "Look over at that table over there." I think that's Jeff Birding, and <laughs> I looked over at the table, and it was like some Greg Brady looking motherfucker. Like it was not, <laughs> it, it was not, it was not even close to, to Jeff Birding. But I, I do appreciate that she's trying to get us content for our uh, our podcast oh, here.
0: The the gonzo journalism of uh, you know ambushing Birding at dinner would have just been peak postcast i feel like so um, you know like
1: klr used to have the uh, the segment fc cincinnati players they're just like us well given yes. what the menu price is at deer jeff birding he's not like one of us
0: <laughs> oh gosh well I, I guess it's a perfect transition to uh to my first question here in uh in the old segment one whose fault was this um Speaking, of course, of Hell is Real, uh, could we put this result at the feet of Jeff Birding? Are we still, is it still an option anymore? (laughs) It feels like it's been so long since we've got to blame Jeff for something. Uh, Grayson, I'll... It's been a long
1: time since we've had a good Birding out,
2: so... Yeah, Yeah, I think uh, think it's pretty clear at this point that uh, Jeff Birding is preventing Chris Albright from signing players. (laughs) He's preventing him from shipping out Brenner. Um, yes. he's forcing him to sign Sergio Santos by kind of hinting that he might let Albright sh- ship out Brenner but then when Santos comes over he's like nah I was just kidding I never promised that and <laughs> 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 I, I just I imagine like this massive just like gaslighting campaign going on in the ba- <laughs> behind the scenes uh of of birding meddling with uh, with Albright and preventing him from you know, making good moves just like he did with, uh, with Gerard, as we all know. Yeah, uh, but no, of but no, for real, um, this one, this one's on the refs. <laughs> Finally, somebody said it. <laughs> Cuba, Cuba didn't foul on, and then obviously we have the overarching thing where, um, yes, you know, believe refs i guess but lucio never assaulted that guy
0: oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna back away from the topic very quickly chief uh, other than jeff birding and the refs who are you blaming for this one
1: i was trying to think of what like the hottest take i could have on this subject is and to a certain extent the hottest take you can have is it it's lucho's fault
0: just because Ooh, yeah he, he it's okay
1: He didn't foul that guy. He didn't foul Aaron Long. You know, he got in his face. That wasn't a red. But when you're the most important player on your team, and it's not even close who number two is, you've almost got to be hyper aware of stepping to a situation where you can find yourself out for multiple games. Yep. I'm, I'm, no, that, no, 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 it, no, no. I, I said that was the hottest take I could come up with. The answer is obviously <laughs> the fucking refs, because that was nonsense. And it's like Lucho Acosta is a fucking hero for retweeting the silent protest <laughs> that we held on his behalf.
0: Which we need to talk about, but yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, this game was, this game was, was, the outcome was more predetermined than an AEW match when Lucho Acosta was suspended. Because, I mean, this team is down its, its best offensive player. It's down arguably one of its best defensive players in Junior Moreno. Um, it's down its best defender in Marita, but that's been true for a while. Um, once Lucho was suspended multiple games, I just didn't see any way they won this game. This just, this felt like dead man walking, walk, going into it. Um, uh, with Lucho on the field, I think this is a coin flip game. I really do, because I think that we at least score one. And if we score one and that game is is uh, all square up going into the last 20, 30 minutes, I think it's anyone's ball game. honestly.
2: Yeah, with Lucio we hold the ball better. We threaten more on offense. I mean, we're not so on the back foot all game. And, you know, even with us being on the back foot all game, uh, if you look at the numbers, Columbus wasn't all that threatening, you know, from the run of play. Yeah. So... So I think that that's that's exactly right. But you know, Lucio got close to the ref, and the ref <laughs> acted like a police officer who touched a dollar bill that he thought had touched fentanyl. Just immediately like goes into shock and starts shaking yes. on the ground.
0: <laughs> Just completely collapses. <laughs> so, I, I mean I'm I'm watching this game, and I see uh, Ian Murphy is rolled out at center back, and not not to steal segment two's thunder here, but it's pretty telling. When I'm, I might have missed it if, if Blackett and Cameron were hurt, but uh, he was the best option to go in this game, and that's not a good situation. Um, if, if you want a, a real good hot take, I'll blame Kubo for this game. Kubo used to be a DP. He's still an incredibly high-level TAM player. He was a career winger-striker, and he put up one of the worst games of his career in the orange and blue. I don't know much about of his career in Europe, but if it, it couldn't have been much worse than that. One of his worst games in his career. Um, if he was a DP winger, as he was signed to be, I think this is a very different game and it's much more even. He's played centrally for FCC for a while. You think he could he could fill that lucho sized hole in this roster, and he absolutely didn't.
1: He w- w- I'm just curious now at this point. Like, does Yu Yakubo stare at himself in the mirror and ask, "Who am I?" Because I I he the identity crisis with this guy. I, I can't figure it out. He was brought in to be a winger and be a, a goal scoring threat, and I think that maybe once. In his FCC career, he's looked threatening scoring goals, and that was in one of his first games when he hit that, I think it was against Atlanta United, he hits a laser blast of a goal, and everyone's yep. like, oh, watch out for this guy, and it, we've yep. never seen that again. And then they deploy him last year as a defensive mid, and he's okay at that, not great, but competent. he He's this jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, and the things that allegedly he was supposed to be doing, that he was playing out of position for last year, when he plays in position, he doesn't do that well. I, I just, I wonder if, I, I've said in the past that I would like you Yakubo back at a much reduced salary. I, the more I watch, the more it's like, this guy just needs to change of scenery. Like, he just needs yeah. to go somewhere and go discover himself. He needs to take a semester abroad or some shit. Because right now, what he's doing with FC Cincinnati it was a bad game and i just if you if you put Yuya kubo, um his highlights in front of you for this year and last year and say what does this player do well it's like i don't know
2: i mean he he doesn't seem to get hurt much <laughs> true well i i think i think kubo does a lot of things well but i and i don't i don't know like necessarily what instruction people are getting in the game right but to my eyes it seems like when kubo is Playing a defined role, he does pretty well in that role. But when he is asked to be kind of trying to do do a lot of things, yeah, he does he does none of them well. And so, like when he's when he's playing in like the the six eight position, you know, he he uh, takes up space well. He holds the ball well. Um, he's he's he advances the ball well, dribbling. Um when we saw him early on when he was playing strictly forward, you know, he was dangerous and had it has a good shot and um, you know can 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 play a decent a decent you know assist pass, but I, I just I, I wonder if if he's been too all over the place this year, and then this game with him on the wing but no Lucho in the middle, um, I I wonder if it's, I I wonder if it's too, I I don't know. I just wonder if it's, if it's too much. Like I think if he plays on the wing and Lucho's in the middle, he, he does, he does a great job as just a strictly uh, winger.
0: I could see that though. The one thing I noticed though, during this game was there were multiple times where Kubo was told obviously to be out wide as the winger and he was out wide on an island like not getting involved in plays not challenging not not putting pressure on balls that i i think he he should have again you're you're absolutely right i don't know what the coaches told him the coaches might have told him you stay out wide you know, God save your soul, because you're our outlet there. I don't know what the exact instruction was, but there were multiple times it looked weird that he was just left out on an island there. Um, Chief, does this one hurt more because of the rivalry, or yeah. does this hurt given where we've been so far this this run of games?
1: I think both. It, it hurts because you survive the murderers row that we had dubbed it of all these games against top tier opponents and then you get a couple of games where it's like, okay, these are games against teams that should be in your peer group, theoretically. Guys teams that are on what on the playoff line or in the hunt for the playoffs and they spit the bit against Vancouver and then they go out and they look awful in this game. Just they look yeah. they look awful. They don't look threatening. Um, the back line was just a disaster. I mean, it, we, we didn't even talk about it yet, but just the acres of space Columbus was able to operate in, it, it, it looked a lot like Yacht Ball from last year, where yeah. we labored to move the ball forward. And whenever Columbus moved the ball into the offensive third, it was with little resistance, guys wide open with. 10, 15 yards of space around them to advance the ball. It, it's that old thing where every time we played a game under Yapstam, we looked like we were playing a man down. We looked like we were playing the majority of this game a man down. Um, so it, it hurts from that regard. And just, they're just an insufferable fucking fan base. They, they just are. It's just, it's it, it's it's a grown man in a headband leading 50 yahoos up there and then an army of thousands who claim they've been there the entire time when I've seen the photographic evidence unless you were disguised as an empty metal bleacher you haven't been a crew fan since day one so it's just they they don't deserve their team if it wasn't for this obscure part of the Ohio Revised Code that got written after Art Modell picked up and moved to Baltimore they would have gone to Austin and there wouldn't be a team there they'd be rooting for like the Columbus Buckeyes and the USL Championship it's just, they all suck. They're the worst. um We're better than they are at every aspect of this other than the results on the field. And unfortunately, that's the thing that matters the absolute most. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a fan thing, though. To the players, I don't think that this matters to them at all. But just as a fan of this team, I really, really, really want to stick it to those fuckers. And just every time we we whiff on the football when we go down to kick it
2: yeah I, yeah I i i'd agree with the fan part especially i mean it's like the most precious group of people uh, you know you gotta treat you have you have to treat them like they're all like jack right they look like adult like they're robin williams movie yeah they look like yes. adults <laughs> but they're actually just like very fragile children that you have to just treat like children.
1: Also works with Tropic Thunder Simple Jack as well. So oh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but but you know, I I mean I went into the game kind of expecting a loss, and I would have expected a loss no matter who we were playing, just based on the run of games leading up to it, uh, missing Lucho, the big letdown against Vancouver that you know i feel like there's a hangover from games like that and then the the three games before the vancouver game you know that they all just just really didn't go their way even though they they pulled out results it just felt like they were kind of you know they were like on a cliff and losing one finger at a time and eventually they were just going to lose their grip
0: yeah and it was unfortunate
2: no, it, that it happened to be against Columbus.
0: Yes. Uh, no, completely. And, Chief, I you, you made me think about it. Um, Columbus really did a disservice staying in MLS because they could have been the crew in USL and really bolstered that league. And it would have been much more fitting of the market and the fan base and map free and um, – yeah, I I think we we lost something in the American soccer landscape by not having that happen. Yeah, um, imagine the
2: chip. Imagine the chip on your shoulder. You would have as a being a <laughs> being you know a Crew fan in in USL, and you could say no, we re, we rejected MLS. Like sure, yes. this is sure you. That, did. This is this is pure soccer. You could be and you could have a league that has that version of the Crew in it and Detroit City. In right.
1: It. Like I was yeah. just about to say, it's like yeah. Detroit City, they can do their stupid Ohio, Michigan thing that nobody north well. of Butler County gives a shit about. They can do that. <laughs> they can like do the dipshit thing that you do where you cross the M out in your profile on Twitter and you refuse to, to say the word that state up north nonsense. They can they can they can whack off doing that in their little rivalry in USL. That would have been the ultimate perfect outcome for that fan base which is the size of a USL fan base and will resume being the size of a USL fan base once the new stadium smell wears off. So, yes. I mean, I, I, I hate them. Their, their coach is an asshole in, in team like apparel. Like He's just a human ass. I hate him. Just everything about them sucks. Their Tifos <laughs> suck. They did re, Reusing a Goosebumps book Tifo yes. again because apparently they don't have a single person with an ounce of creativity up there. It's just... Fuck them! Fuck the headband weirdo! Fuck all those people. They're just, just suck.
2: At least like the down in Cincinnati, like the the Rose Brigade on Twitter, who likes to complain about all the you know redevelopment and stuff going on around the team. At least they have the good taste not to actually be fans of FC Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) But in but in Columbus, those people are also like all the Save the Crew people. And we'll 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 talk about this later yeah in in yeah. a little bit more detail but like you know rose washing or green washing or blue washing <laughs> the Columbus crew is a lot tougher yeah than it is for FC Cincinnati
0: oh absolutely, absolutely. but I, I I do
1: you know it was annoying to lose to them their fan base is annoying it's a rivalry game so it always means more to us in the you know, the the fan base and it does to the actual players on the field. It's, it's one of those things, too, where you do try to remind yourself that it is just one game, and they were missing Lucho, they were missing Moreno. Um, it, you know, the lineup that they have out there isn't their first-choice lineup by any stretch of the imagination. But it's also, like, kind of hard to ignore that they've won one game since May 14th, as we sit here recording on July 20th. It's like, for all the good vibes that we have about this team they've won one game in the past two calendar months so it's kind of like when you really stop to look at it um it, it's certainly more watchable and it, it, it maybe it shouldn't hurt as much as it does given the lineup we're at and really when you're honest about it the run of form that this team is on right now
2: so yeah so to be optimistic one really nice thing came out of this this crew game at least one um between uh Lucho um interacting with, you know, the Pride and other other fans on Twitter, um Brandon Vasquez, you know, being pretty vocal on Twitter. Um Johnny Nelson, uh, I could be correct if I'm wrong, like DMing the the Pride account. Yep. Um nice. the, you know it it feels like there's been a lot more just engagement between the fans and the players this year and that you feel more you feel more connected to the people on this team this year than in any year since really the usl days i mean it feels like they give a shit i mean that's
1: that it's this city will forgive a lot of things it won't forgive not caring not hustling you know not acting like you want to be there and this is a team that Went through the motions a lot the last couple of years, and and no matter what else you can say about certain players and their, you know, talent or ability or lack thereof in certain avenues, I mean the team plays to the final whistle. Sometimes plays beyond the whistle a little too often. Um, <laughs> they clearly give a fuck, and if they don't like playing here, they're at least faking like they do, and that means a, I think that means a lot. Just you it know, does mean a lot if there's yeah. if you're not going to be. supporter shield contending team if you're not going to be a championship contending team which you know i don't i think the jury is still out on that to be honest um if you're not going to be one of those two things at least make me believe as a paying customer and a person that's probably too emotionally invested in this team at (laughs) least make me believe you care a fraction as much as i do at least
0: yes co-sign um i think we should take this moment to spell this out for anybody who who wasn't on twitter or is not entirely sure what a Twitter spaces is, is as to what the post had been doing from Friday until Sunday. Uh, Twitter offers the ability to host a, uh, a space as they call it. Um, this is like, what was the other one? Treehouse or clubhouse. Uh, was a, a popular app that they basically Google Hangouts. The, yeah. Google Hangouts. It's basically a way to, to have a a voice chat room on Twitter. Uh, So the post Uh, hosted a silent protest for hashtag free Lucho after his uh, two game suspension on top of his red card uh, suspension came down was finalized by the league Um, and it was hilarious it went on for yeah I think like 72 hours Uh, shout out to Joseph Mamey for running that from a Android emulator somewhere in his setup and uh, didn't have to touch it it was was uh, very nerve-wracking logging in as the post from time to time and hoping I didn't screw it up. Uh, but shout out to everybody who uh, who made it. Maybe I uh, maybe I'll cut in a couple of seconds of of highlights from the silent protest. <laughs> but it was quite literally 72 hours of silence online. Um, some some check marks showed up. Some people noticed. Some some. Writers for The Athletic were were tweeting hashtag free Lucho, and uh, uh, a couple of other national writers recognized what we were doing, so um, very funny, very amusing. Shout out it, to it everybody was, who, it was cool who to who see. Lu- Lu-
1: it was cool to see Lucho, I guess, play yes. along with it a little bit, and yes. it, on one hand, it was awesome to see him retweet that. On the other hand, all I could think to myself was, oh, fucking hell, don't earn yourself another game.
0: <laughs> I find <laughs> like, the exact same thing. I it was deleted like- <laughs> the tweet.
1: Just just I don't need that man like you can send us a DM and say you're happy or you know do something private with that but but retweeting your own free Lucho silent protest, I was like, oh, man, if he gets two more games as a result of this, I'm going to feel like shit.
0: <laughs> Not only that, he followed up with like some extra context, claiming that the only reason why he touched the referee was because the referee had stepped on his foot and he was trying to get the referee off of him. I don't buy it, but he's Lucho, so I'm willing to buy it. So no- Noonan-,
2: Noonan actually took that. Noonan actually mentioned that in his post game press conference. Okay, after the crew game, and I will say this: if Noonan, if Noonan believes it, I believe it.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, good, good enough for me.
2: <laughs> I, 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 I,
1: it's that's awesome. Like it, that's that's how a captain should behave. That when the fans rally to your support, I want the captain out there fighting alongside. You don't. It's like that that stupid meme that they put in shitty offices. The difference between a boss and a leader where the boss is being carried by the people pulling the thing along and the leader is out there in front pulling the thing along with them. That's Lucho. He's out there fighting for his own freedom as we fight for his freedom, too. (laughs) Free Lucho.
0: Free Uh. Lucho. Um, I think that's going to do it for Hell is Real. Is there anything else uh, either of you wanted to touch on before we, we leave this segment?
1: Fuck the crew.
2: Yeah.
0: Good enough for me. All right, let's head on over to uh, the grab bag that is segment two. All right, we're back. Part two of Postcast, episode 21. I still can't get over that. Uh, in this one, we're, we just got a bunch of random topics. These were a bunch of things that like, probably couldn't carry a segment on their own, but there were funny, interesting things that popped into our head over the last couple of days that we wanted to uh, to touch on here. Um, and I think the big one, and the one that I know I can't stop engaging with and reading on the Pride Discord in particular, is... Uh, is Albright wasting this window uh or critiquing Albright's uh recruitment so far uh to set the stage uh FC Cincinnati has not added anybody uh since Obi I want to say until they signed Sergio Santos uh, from the Philadelphia Union, a striker, which I'm going to go ahead and inject some bias here. A crowded striker field uh, for the FC Cincinnati roster, but throwing a, a veteran presence in there. Meanwhile, no upgrades on defense since the handful of signings before the season. Um, the departure of uh, Gustavo Vallecia, uh still hanging over this team. Uh, Chief I know you got some thoughts here is is Albright blowing it so I gotta
1: that's a tough question to answer right now because there's at least I think two weeks a little yeah. over two weeks left in the window right now and that's an eternity in terms of player movement uh, everything can look different when the window closes on I think August 4th is the the date the window closes
0: Tyler but, blackett day yeah
1: <laughs> but <laughs> As you sit here right now, as we sit here after this, number one, he's wasting a lot of games in the window. So if there are going to be moves made, these moves could have been made early enough for these players that they would add theoretically to make a difference against Vancouver, Columbus, or now Nashville coming up this weekend. So if we do end up making more moves, if Albright does end up making more moves, you almost have to grade him down a little bit on this just because the the Cavalry arrived three games later than it needed to. And there were points to be had in Vancouver at the very least and possibly this Columbus game, depending on situation. But so I just, I I keep struggling with this idea that a, I reject the idea that just because we have gam problems and salary cap issues and bad contracts that we can't do something. Um, Grayson made a point in the podcast last week that has stuck with me that uh, this job is hard. It's supposed to be hard, but you're, you're well-paid as a GM in MLS to do the hard things. And that's the way sports is. Being a GM in sports is hard. And if you can't do the job, there are hundreds of candidates that want to do it and think they can do it better than you. So um, from that standpoint, I reject that there's just this, well, he's in a bad situation. I know he was hired and he's well-paid to fix the bad situation. There are lots of teams that go from the seller to the playoffs in this league, turn things around. It's possible to do. And with even with saying all that, there's just been some strange moves that have been made that I don't understand, and maybe I'll understand them at the end of the year, but this idea of, okay, you re-sign Tyler Blackett to a lot of money when he has just been poor, like poor, since joining FC Cincinnati. He wasn't a Noonan guy. He wasn't an Albright guy. He was a Nightcamp guy. Um, you're holding on to the top spot in the allocation order, which I don't understand. If they're as strapped for GAM and strapped for salary cap space as people out there would lead you to believe, they've had opportunities to sell the allocation spot, the number one spot, outright, where they could have made more GAM by doing that than taking less in order to keep that number one spot. If they're left holding the bag with the number one spot on the allocation order and they can't use it on anyone, and if you look at that list, the only realistic option for FC Cincinnati is Matt Miazga. And if they don't bring Matt Miazga in, then and nobody else comes in off the allocation list and we're just caught holding it, that's an asset that got misplayed. Um, And if you're not bringing in Matt Miazga because there's a, a salary issue at play, then why did you bring in Sergio Santos and re-sign Tyler Blackett? That's there's the money you need theoretically to bring Miazga in. Now, if Miazga wants DP money, okay, whatever. Then you know. But like the area of need on this team is desperate, is desperately, is the back line, and it's it's almost like your your foundation of your house is crumbling, but instead of addressing that, you built a nice addition onto the deck. That's what Santos <laughs> is. Santos is a nice thing to have but he's an addition onto the deck. He's not helping the foundation. He's not fixing the problem with the house. So it's just a lot of moves that when you take them all together, they just don't make sense. If you're not going to use the allocation spot, why didn't you sell it to get the money to fix the defense? If you are going to use the allocation spot, why did you sign Santos and limit who you, the resources you have to sign someone off the allocation list? And why in God's name did you pick the option up on Tyler Blackett? Like,
0: that's the one I keep coming back to. If you needed a, a roster spot, I think he takes an international spot. He might have a green card. He might have a green card. But, I mean, it's still $800,000 in a roster spot, and you're telling me you don't have anything for a defender. That would have been it. He was he was benched for Ian Murphy. Uh, yeah, this game. I had to think about it for a second. He was benched for Ian Murphy. That's not good. Ian Murphy's not very good. Like he's he's fine for a college draftee, but he shouldn't be f- former Manchester United level defender, which is Tyler Blackett. Grayson, what's your take on all this? Is is this window being wasted if, if this is about it?
2: I, I think I think we're a little premature, frankly, drawing okay. any conclusions about what's going on in this window. Because the window isn't over till till the window's over. And you can look back and see what was done over the last two windows and see if you like it. Um so I wanna hit a couple of points that 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 Chief hit before kind of offering some further thoughts. So so first on the Gustavo Valesia uh trade. Um Albright got what, nine hundred thousand? Potentially a million in GAM, yes. plus they took on the $450,000 that was left on his transfer fee in 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 real dollars for a guy who judging by what he's doing in Colorado was not going to be a big contributor this year. You know? And I, I, I'm not sure he would be better than Blackett. But yeah. you would not get the return on Blackett that you got from Viasia. So if you were looking at Blackett and Viasia and you're thinking we can only keep one of these guys on our roster. I can ship one of them out for a million dollars right now. Um you know, you go ahead and do that. Like that that trade is looking like he fleeced Colorado. Yeah. And Colorado is is not a team that usually ends up on the wrong side of these of these kinds of deals. Yeah, I'll I mean, chime they,
0: in real fast and yeah. say Colorado's recently been linked with selling Viese back to Ecuador after He's he's played less than three or four hundred minutes for them this year,
2: and we potentially get a piece of that sale.
0: I think that's what I thought. I remembered that there was a ten percent sell-on fee or something like that. Yeah, no,
1: it's, so. it was a good business. It's a good bit of business by Albright. There's no, there's no question that we sold low, but we didn't sell at the rock bottom. I don't think, which is the important part.
2: Right. We we sold before his price dipped. Yes, like we sold at the, I would say we sold at the right time.
0: Because <laughs> um, the worst case scenario is Isaac Atanga, Right? Yes.
2: <laughs> Imagine if you sold Atanga like after he scored against the crew last year, right? Yeah. Um, that's essentially what happened with Viasia. Um and so <clears throat> uh Chief also mentioned that we didn't sign any players between Obi and Santos. Well the window was closed. We were not gonna bring in any new players between Obi and Santos. Santos that came was- in
0: I don't put that one on chief that was me. <laughs> that was Kevin.
2: Come on. Oh, uh, fine. Sa- However, Santos, Santos came in like the second day of the window.
0: Pl- okay. plenty of teams sign guys and then they show up a month later. I'm thinking of Hector Herrera in Houston for example was signed like a month ago.
1: Which to point sure. out if we would have do- if we would have done that, if we would have been proactive in the market and had a guy lined up you could have turned down Tyler Blackett's option and just rolled with a guy from the academy for a week or two until the ca- until the cavalry arrived.
2: Well, so who from the academy? The, the, the team has three wins in the in the FCC in the in the second yeah. Uh, Reserve Vermeer. Division. You're gonna play. You're gonna pull up Morgan Marshall.
1: <laughs> I have to look at the numbers. FCC two might Saturday. have more wins than FC Cincinnati over the last two months.
2: Oh no. <laughs> um, so. So so you know it's you know on on Miazga yeah I mean it looks like they need, they need to bring in Miazga um they would not be in a position to bring in Miazga if they were not sitting at the top of the allocation order right now so holding on to that spot makes us potentially the destination for Miazga I am telling you if we're not number 1 in the allocation order Matt Miazga is in no way shape or form coming to FC Cincinnati he is coming he is going to whoever Is first
1: in the allocation order. As we sit here on July 20th, though, he's not in FC Cincinnati. And every day that passes where he's not here, you know, it it increases the – I don't say it increases the likelihood, but, like, if we get caught holding the bag on this number one allocation spot, that's just a gross mismanagement of resources. Just gross.
2: So, so, yeah, but maybe there just hasn't been a deal to be done for Miazga. They're still working on it. I mean, there's 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 three parties to this deal. There is FC Cincinnati, there is Chelsea, and there is Mac Miazga. You might say Chelsea doesn't see any value in Miazga, but they did just extend his contract uh, at the end of the last season. He could have been out of contract this year, and they could have let him walk. They didn't want to do that. They clearly wanted to get some type of some type of value from 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 selling him. So they're clearly they knew looking they for could a fleece MLS. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, maybe that's a little harder by the fact that Brenner scored five goals in June. But would you have given up his five goals in June? Is it a bad thing that we tied, you know, NYCFC and beat Orlando and tied New England? Because we still had Brenner in the team? And, um, you know, and I think you're in a tough position. You know, do I... Try a hardball negotiation with with Miazga and Chelsea, knowing that he can't go to another MLS team this year, and he still wants to play at the World Cup. And in order to do that, he needs to come to MLS and really show out, because there's no other way for him to play him for him to play himself into the World Cup roster. Uh, that seems like a bet that reasonable minds can make. And I think that we I think we only have two games till the window. Till the window closes. um, I, th- I think it's fair to wait and see what happens. I mean, we were complaining that Albright didn't sign people earlier in the last window. And he ended up with Wobodo. And my goodness, you know, he was everything we dreamed of for that defensive midfield spot.
0: True. True. Perhaps Gregerson is still out there. That was the other name. And the only reason why I kept bringing him up and keep bringing him up. Was he was a name mentioned alongside Obi this winter as targets for Albright that they didn't get? They did eventually get Obi, but Gregerson's still out there. Bordeaux continues to face tons and tons of financial pressure. Um, you, you assume, I assume the player hasn't gotten worse in the last six months. So um, yeah, it
2: sounds like with what Bordeaux was wanting from from a Gregerson transfer fee, that's a DP, no question. I mean, Maybe there's they'll a
0: trade Brenner.
2: There's I think a world. I've covered that before. <laughs> but but there's a world where you pay Chelsea a million dollars from Miazga. You sign him to a four year contract. That's a quarter of a million dollar hit over the next four years. And you could still pay Matt Miazga $1.3, $1.4 million and keep him as a TAM player.
0: Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this too. What if Miazga is just turning down every deal, including loan deals? And he's just like. I'm going to be on Chelsea's roster. They signed me to this damn contract and I'm going to ride this out and I'll be a free agent at the end of the year. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's all,
1: it's all possible. But again, it's like at a certain point, when is it Albright's, I guess fault is the wrong word. And again, I am not unhappy with Chris Albright. I am not unhappy with how this team has been built. I am not unhappy with how they're progressing from where they were a year ago, but at a certain point, you need to fix the defense, and if Matt Miazga isn't coming, what's Plan B? What's Plan C? Because it's it's every one of these games counts, and they didn't have someone in at the start of the window, and now this is three games where we're rolling with a defense that's under siege, to put it mildly, and help could have made a difference in every one of these games, and we are the they they mentioned this in the broadcast on. Um, on Sunday, we are second in the league in dropping points from a winning position in the entirety of MLS. We've dropped yeah. 15 points from a winning position. I, I forget who's number one, but it's 27. and I think it's New England, maybe, like far yes, and away. Is. Ahead. But so, we've dropped, we dropped 15 points from a winning position, including that Vancouver game. And I, I, to a certain extent, even if Albright does come through this window he has already put the team a little further behind the
2: eighth ball than it needed to be by not being ready to go on day one. They're in a playoff spot though. And that's, that's where they're in the playoff spot with the team that they have. Right. So you think so far in the season and even having a very tough stretch of games, we are still sitting in that number seven playoff spot. I can wait a game and get the right player or two games. And get the right player versus close the door on Miazga two weeks before the win two and a half weeks before the window closes, and get Plan C in the door right now. And I would much rather have four years, you know, three four years of Matt Miazga, than you know, LAFC's number three center back for the rest of the season. And I I don't think that you need to close the door on the playoffs. Uh, doing that, um, I think it's a I think it's a balancing test. I do think that if, if they're not going to get Miazga, you'll see them ship the uh, allocation spot. They'll bring in somebody from another MLS team. Yeah, via yeah, but trade. here's the pro-
1: here's the problem. Somebody needs to need the allocation spot. We're down. LA to the Galaxy last... does. So that... there's
2: there's so there's two players. That's right. There's two players coming in or rumored to come in. Yotun is linked to Galaxy. And Richie Larea is linked to a number of other teams, including uh, FC Dallas. I forget. I forget who else. Both those players are on the allocation spot. So we're sitting there blo- essentially blocking other teams from getting those players, trying to get a deal done with Miazga, And I think that if Miazga was just saying, I'm not interested in going back to MLS at all, uh, they would trade the spot away. It, it has to be, it has to be a transfer fee or, or a salary issue. It can't be, Miyazk is just not interested. There has to be interest or else or else they would not they, they would not be doing this. You I know? also I uh, I
1: also keep going back to this idea that okay, we're in playoff position. The team has won one game since May 14th. One. I mean that's that's we would be crucifying Yap for that. If we were here in this position you said they haven't won they have won one game in sixty days. No, don't make that face. Bullshit. We would be all over yapstom's ass if this team won one game in two months. I think
0: we were. Yeah. We were.
1: <laughs> I remember I was there. We were all over this motherfucker.
2: Well, Yopstom, for one, Yopstom had not won any of the games before that, and he hadn't been tying any of these games. There was no 60 day stretch where Yapstam's team was in seventh place in MLS.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't think there was ever a time, except for maybe alphabetically before a season.
2: Um, um, I, will it, say, I will say, I will say, Sam defend, was in his second year last year. Noonan's in his first year, and he's already what doubled the single season wins record for FC Cincinnati, or he certainly beat it. I guess, yeah. I guess it was, I guess it was six in 2019. Every so beat point it.
0: we earn is the most points we've ever had in MLS. Yeah, um, yeah. And chief, just to defend all. Pat Noonan here. There was a three week summer break in there. So do keep that that little bit in mind (laughs) that of those two months, almost one of those months doesn't actually exist. But yes, I'm with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Don't ruin a good point. (laughs)
0: On it's just like uh, we got to do this at like the start of the year and be like damn Noonan hasn't won a game in over 120 days
1: (laughs) it's just it's it's not this is not me knocking Pat Noonan or Chris Albright I am huge believers in both of them I remain huge believers in both of them but I, I hate this and I reject this idea that the way out of the hole has to take as long as the way into the hole. And that yes. just because it, we were three years of terrible. It's like, well, it's going to be a slow climb up. Bullshit. This is a league. It's a salary capped league. It's a league built on parity. And there are plenty of teams on a yearly basis that go from bad to at least, you know, playoff position in one year. And if you have the opportunity to do that this year, if you have the opportunity to challenge for a playoff spot, you have. I don't want to say it's a moral imperative because that places some sort of you know you know weight on it that it doesn't need to have, but you have a duty to this fan base and the people that are paying money to watch horseshit soccer year after year after year, you have a duty to chase a playoff spot. I'm sorry. And this idea of you know, oh, we need to build for a sustainable future, fuck the future. You know what the best way to have a good future is? Have a fantastic present. You know the best way to guarantee winning in the future? Win now and continue to do it. This fan base has gone on years supporting this team with nothing to cheer for on the back end of these seasons. And I hate this idea that there's a thought out there that, well, we need to rate for the right player, the perfect situation. We need to make sure that we're building a sustainable platform for success. I don't give a fuck about that. Go win soccer games. Go make the playoffs. Go give this t- the city something to cheer for. Don't sit on resources. Don't sit on an open roster spot. Go do the job. Get this team over the hump and give this city something to fucking be proud of for a change. Fuck, I'm so sick of this idea that we have to like pay more dues because. We did bad things because the Jeff Burning was a shitty GM in year one. And he hired a shitty GM in year two and three. And somehow, let, well, we now have to suffer more to undo that bad trauma. It's, no, we don't. Go do the so, thing.
2: So I, I think that that rant belongs in a conversation that is happening somewhere else with other people. I'm not saying <laughs> that, that we need to wait three years for this team to be good. I'm saying let's wait to evaluate Albright in 15 days.
0: No, i i think I think waiting to the end of the window is very fair. Yeah, but we're recording
2: um, right now, so yeah. So think, we're not think recording about it this at the way. end of the
1: window. Th- think about it this way, okay? There's
2: 365 we're days not? in a year.
1: It's it's week to week on this podcast, and we all know
2: that. <laughs> it really is. Th- think about think think about this. There's 365 days in a year. Your team okay. is going to sign what, like 12 players in a year, tops. That means, like, at most. There's 12 days where they sign players. If you freak out every day the team is not signing a player, you're going to have a really tough year. And I think we're just, I think, I think we're like freaking out that something isn't over when like we're going, we're going through it. It's like, we're trying to look up the plot of a movie on Wikipedia so that we're not scared by like when the killer jumps out or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's a problem.
1: I've seen this fucking movie before. Go get some better players and win some soccer games. You, you Again, haven't.
2: You haven't seen this movie. I mean, look, I've seen I, a lot they, of movies I, like it. I was thinking about like the analogy with um uh the GM job being really hard, and I thought, you know, there's a. It's like it's like really hard to make a movie, right? Like, as a if you're a director, you have to you have to get the script right. You got to cast all the. You got to cast all the roles. You got to make know, sure the, the sci-fi all,
1: channel may disagree with that.
2: You got to make sure all the actors. Uh, <laughs> Sharknado uh, didn't
1: look tough to make.
2: You got to make sure all the actor schedules line up. You got you to deal with all the, all the technical aspects. You got to edit. So it's like really hard to make a movie. And sometimes that movie ends up being like the prequel to Big Mama's House. Like Big Mama's <laughs> House, the big inning.
1: Big Mama's apartment.
2: <laughs> yeah. And and you're like, and you're like, man, I appreciate that it was that it's really hard to make a movie, but like, Jupiter. I kind of wish nobody had made that movie, <laughs> you know. And that's like what the first three years of FC Cincinnati is, right? <laughs> and like right now, at worst, we're like, you know, the Sandra Bullock vehicle, The Lost City of D, which was a super fun little rom com, right? <laughs> And I then, just thought when know- I was
1: when I was out of town that there is such a thing as the perfect airplane movie where it's a movie that lasts exactly as long as your flight is, and it you don't need to pay too close attention to it. It's just got to get you through whatever you're you know to ignore the person that's eating too loudly next to you in the middle seat like that. That's what I'm lo- what I'm looking for this year is I'm looking for an airplane movie. I'm not looking to win the cup. I'm looking for a good airplane movie and. I can go make me an airplane movie. Don't make me, you know, fucking Sharknado three, the Sharkening, or whatever the fuck it was.
2: I think I think worst case scenario, we're ending up with an airplane movie. But I think we might end up with like role models—a movie you walk that's into. That's a great movie. It's, what are you talking about? That's that's, that's, that's what, what I'm fantastic. saying. Right. It's right. a movie you walk into thinking it's going to be an airplane movie, and it's actually a perfect film, start to finish.
1: I mean, talk about a wild okey-doke that you go into a movie and it's about raunchy kids, like, using every type of language, Bad News Bears style, um, people doing drugs, having sex in tents, and it ends up with a bunch of people LARPing in a
2: field. It's <laughs> it's, it's a it's, wild ride. It's such a good movie. I've probably seen it 15 times. <laughs>
0: It's just made me think. Why? I feel like every flight should only offer movies that are the exact length of your flight, and it would be way more fun that way. Like you I never was. know what you're gonna get because, like, oh, this one's a little longer, so, you so know, it's a weird art house film. I was, so if uh, you're flying
2: was, to if you're flying to Europe, it's just like the audiobook of. Uh, Carl Ove Guard's My Struggle or something. Or
1: it's it's the entirety of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and you just have no choice. You have to start one and it goes for all three of them. Or just one of
2: those fucking Hobbit movies. My God.
0: <laughs> you, get, you just start the Marvel movies and you catch the rest of them on the return flight. Yeah, I was I – was It's all Eternals.
1: Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. That was the f- going out to Utah. And The Matrix Resurrections on the way back to Utah – both perfectly fine airplane movies.
2: I go. watched um, when I was flying back to Italy. I watched uh, Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions. Both extremely underrated sequels. Oh, I'll, I will. Oh. I'll I'll die on the hill
1: of Reloaded being a good movie. Revolutions yep. was terrible. Revolutions nope. was awful. Nope.
2: Both, both really good movies. No, false. Both really though. good movies. Oh, my
1: God. That stupid kid that they were clearly trying to make another sequel trilogy about that was, like, tend to take over for Neo, but he was a little twerp, like, inside that fucking Gundam knockoff thing that they were using to fight the machines in Zion. Well, he and then was, was introduced and reloaded. Oh, well, he sucked. No matter what movie he was in, he sucked. The Resurrections, though, is, re- Resurrections, though, is, re- Resurrections, though, is really good. Like, it's really meta. It was, um... It was not at all what I was expecting. I was I was very pleasantly. Surprised. I, I liked
2: I liked Resurrections. I re- I recommend it. Uh, I recommend it whether you like it or not because uh, if you don't like it, it makes me happy that you sat through it and didn't like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> so okay, so maybe as confusing as. The uh, the Matrix sequel storylines. Does Brandon Vasquez have an option at the end of his contract, and why is it so difficult for anybody involved in this saga to give a straight answer, yes
2: or no? See, Grayson, I know Brandon Vasquez takes
1: the red pill, and he has an option for FC Cincinnati for another year. He takes the blue so, pill.
2: <laughs> so first, first of all, we know for we know for a fact. From the MLS uh, Players Association, that Brandon Vasquez does have an op does have a team option at the end of this season. We did okay? it. We did it, folks. Um, we <laughs> got. him, also we got. But <laughs> I also know. I I real. I've seen a lot of the a lot of the confusion about the option, and I just want to say, I had it on good authority a couple months a couple of months ago from somebody I trust that the team had an option on Brandon Vasquez. So I Ooh. believe this entire time that Brandon Va- that the team had an option on Brandon Vasquez. Um, and I don't have I don't have any sources, so if I get information, it means it's like really, really good. It's like really solid.
0: You ambushed um, Jeff Birding at dinner. Yes, we we understand.
2: I asked his, uh, I asked Brandon Vasquez his uh, fiance. I was like, "You gonna be here at least another year?" And she's like, "Unfortunately, yes." Yeah.
0: <laughs> they have an much, option. It should be illegal. Much like
1: much like service academy football, the option is not dead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um so um i i find it interesting that they publish a list of free agents that includes people who have have team options because um, yeah. you would expect in most circumstances those to be those to be picked up just because if, if the player has any value at all um you want to prevent them from going on the open market. I think it's more a reflection of just how prevalent
1: options are in MLS versus other sports in that it's just the majority of the players in this league that are free agents actually are just have an option and the team is just deciding whether or not they're going to keep them around. It's kind of a, it's one of those weird vestigial organs from MLS 1.0 that I expect will probably go away at some point in a future CBA just because they're so unwieldy to deal with and they don't exist anywhere else in the world in terms of soccer contracts.
0: Well, that's exactly what I was thinking was, um, I, I wonder if it's it's a political statement from the players union to be like, these guys should be free agents because options are bullshit. Um, I know New York Red Bulls have had issues and there's been other issues that have kind of a weird history of being resolved one way or the other, but... For most of the rest of the world, options aren't recognized. FIFA itself doesn't seem l- to like them, although I don't think it has officially banned them by any means. There but, is a rule
2: that yeah. allows you. There is a rule. It came up in the Kaku case because it has to be like. I I haven't I haven't looked at the rule in a long time, but there's something to do with like it being clearly communicated to the player and the player clearly assenting um, Uh. to the option. I mean, there's, there's some, there's some strict rules about like what exactly is required for a player to consent to a recognizable option. And there were questions in the Kaku case because maybe like it was only to a representative of his, but not to him. So he never understood that 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 he had, yeah. That he that he had an option, but uh, I think for most of these guys, though, for, I think for most MLS players, since there's not typically a robust international market for Major League Soccer players, that for practical purposes, it's not really in your it's it's not really advantageous to you to challenge the option in like the court of arbitration for sport because you're going to burn a bridge with Major League Soccer, then. I don't know, What are you going to do? Go play in Poland or something?
0: Right, right. Yeah, and like I don't think you have any recourse under U.S. law. So, yeah, you do need to go to some outside sports authority to try to... You certainly I don't, don't
2: have any recourse in U.S. law because the union... The the standard player agreements part of the CBA. Yeah, they bargained for this.
1: They bargained for it. Yeah, if they didn't want if they didn't want options to exist, they could have made that a sticking point. I don't think it'll be. I think it'll go away just because as MLS tries to increase the quality of play in the league, they just need to bring themselves more in line with international contract expectations to facilitate these types of sales overseas. Because like right now, if FC Cincinnati wanted to sell Brandon Vasquez. They would have to probably wait until the offseason, pick up his options so that then his contract yeah. is is, you know, valid and then sell him in the offseason. I, I don't think they can sell him in this window, even if they wanted to, because to the team that was getting him, he would be on an expiring contract at the end of this year.
2: Yeah, so and, and the other thing is, like, the more you get players coming in who are top players and you know, in their twenties or whatever, like let's say Let's say uh well, he's not in his twenties, but let's just say, you know, Gareth Bale comes over to LAFC, the reporting is that there's an option on his contract, there's a team option on his contract. <coughs> At yeah. the end of the year, if if Gareth Bale's being offered, you know, he's already played in the World Cup, he doesn't want to come back to MLS, he wants to go play for, you know, I don't know, Everton for, for twenty five million dollars. And LAFC has an option on his contract to pay him six million dollars next year. Is MLS going to tell Gareth Bale that he has to that he has to <laughs> that he has to honor the the option? Right. They won't no. tell him
1: shit because then he'll do a tell all about how he was being paid in unmarked,
2: nonsequential bills in a suitcase the, to avoid Gareth a, to, Bale. Gareth Bale will challenge the option yes, before the yes. Court of Arbitration for Sport.
0: And I, I mean, just as it exists right now, the. The bail option. In no way, shape, or form is that going to be one party deciding. That is a hundred percent gonna be a collaborative agreement. That is functionally an extension of a contract or a new contract. There's yes, there's no universe where LAFC is telling him what's happening there. And yeah, the league, I don't think, would want that. Could you burn that bridge for any other person looking to come over to sign something? Although I do wonder at a certain point if players would just stop accepting contracts with options. But you know, <laughs> is,
2: is, well, as long as as long as you're paying players like Nick Hagland, you know, eighty four thousand dollars a year, they're they're gonna take a contract with an option in it. I mean, it's gonna take yeah, it's yeah. gonna take like a Gareth Bale or a you know Insigne or or, or somebody to just or or just you know more frankly probably more bargaining power from the rank and file players in the league generally to really change that.
0: Yeah. I do wonder if MLS thought about that. The more teams they add, the more unionized players they add. And at a certain point, there's just this critical mass of, you actually now have every viable player that would be willing to play in the United States is now unionized. It becomes an issue for you. Um, I think that does it for a segment 2. Was there anything else that we uh wanted well, to touch on that came up?
2: I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about like so we can, we have a, we have a good deal of who is we have a good idea of who is out of contract end of this year. Mm. Um should we talk about, you know, where it stands, who we who we'd keep, who we'd pick up, who we'd try to negotiate down or we could we could table okay. that for 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 later?
0: Let's let's touch on that one after the window. We can do like a big window closing episode. I'll even like record some audio of like a window shutting. It'll be very interactive. (laughs) High Um, high production values. Yeah, you know, only only the best for you. Uh, And uh, yeah, no, I think there's. There's a bunch of interesting names out there, especially names from other teams, so maybe dare we do a little homework before we come into this and come up with a list of two or three guys out of contract we'd like to see signed? I think we can mm-hmm. absolutely do that. That might a-
1: require a- Grayson window. to watch MLS, which I don't know if that's going to happen.
0: That's a good. Uh, just, if you remember, he's just going to sort by uh, 90th percentile plus who scored uh, an FB ref guys. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just look at,
2: I'll just look at transfer market values, baby.
0: Yeah.
1: That always works. <laughs> <laughs> they source only the most reliable information.
2: Yeah, uh, careful. They still they still have Miazga as a seventy eight percent likelihood of transferring yes. to FC Cincinnati. Seventy
0: so. eight. Hey guys, that means the post as we are still the single source on this story is worth seventy eight percent of the truth.
1: I really so want to believe they- <laughs> that there's like a debate going on on their Slack channel of like <laughs> I think it's seventy five. Bullshit. It's more like eighty. it's just been going These on back and good.
2: forth. <laughs>
0: So and they had, like, we'll settle they at seventy eight, okay.
2: They had Stefan to Middlesbrough as only a seventy five percent, and that just went through.
1: Well, we're three I mean, percent more likely than that, even.
2: Yeah. How Done do you deal. measure three percent
0: more likely? <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Oh, so, that's gonna do so it. So you no, heard it here uh, first.
1: Mia's gonna uh, FC Cincinnati
2: confirmed.
0: Yes. It's it's in the numbers. You know, the math the num- cannot lie. The
2: numbers don't lie.
0: Harry um, Selden
2: Harry Seldon said it's gonna happen.
1: Scott Steiner did too, so we're we're in good company here. <laughs> Only the famous mathematicians involved in this debate.
2: The the Harry Selden reference is for somebody out there in the in the ether listening to this. <laughs> this guy that just finished foundation on HBO this summer, or Apple, <laughs> whatever it
0: was. Uh, sir it's an apple tv plus exclusive
2: i i didn't i didn't watch the show i've only i've only read the books watch the Uh, show it'll piss you the fuck off
0: (laughs) 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 oh well i mean speaking of reading gentlemen we've got episode two of soccer blog book club coming up uh we're picking on columbus again this will be a fun one join us over there in part three Oh, and in part three again, we're back. Soccer blog, book club. I guess we're calling the Columbus Dispatch a soccer blog these days. Um, <laughs> soccer you know what? rag, book club. Yes, <laughs> just a fanzine uh, in my eyes. And um, no, Grayson, you picked this one up. I uh, I'm not gonna lie. I skimmed it real quick, and I was like, all right, this is this is good. This is juicy admittedly it is written kind of like a blog post so i think it very well fits the parameters of what we're looking for here
1: i want to put out there that i didn't read a word of this or click on the link so what you're going to be getting <laughs> is the the full black tar takes that i have to view on this topic
2: it is it is a column and columns are blogs yes. let's let's be honest Col- a,
1: columnists or bloggers i have a coworker that you can really trigger a lot by calling a column a piece he hates using the word peace for something like, oh, there was a good peace today in the Inquirer. And he just gets irrationally angry at using that word.
2: Um, I paid a dollar for a six-month subscription to the Columbus Dispatch to read this. So um, it's it's funny to me that that it costs only a dollar to read six months of the Columbus Dispatch and – no, it's no, what's what's funny to me is that that's there is less no than a way, cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> that there is no way this
2: podcast will generate the dollar back for you.
0: <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. That's
2: all right. Wait wait till wait till I try to cancel this and I have to call somebody because, <laughs> <laughs> because these newspapers don't put the cancellation button on their website, which should be illegal. Yes. Yeah. No, I know they that. can do it too, because there's a thing where it says if you're in, you know, these five states, we have to let you cancel online. I'm like, I know you know how to do it.
0: Yeah. It's just <laughs> you're choosing the, uh, not
2: to let me. I saw one
0: when I, when I worked in a newspaper-adjacent digital marketing. There was one company that would put the unsubscribe button as white text on a white background. I really appreciated just the absolute dishonesty of it.
1: <laughs> I appreciate when a corporation is more petty than I am. So that's, that's always fun.
2: <laughs> the, f- the failing news media. <laughs> Sad. okay so all right so set us up this is in the columbus dispatch from july 19th 2022 all right and the headline is theodore decker colon the columbus crew got its new stadium the public got misled
1: <gasps> oh How, who would ever it? imagine a stadium deal would mislead the people supporting it that's that's ice cold man i can't believe that
2: happened <laughs> okay. So, somewhere in the city's budget, there must be a line item for smoke and mirrors. Oh, that's a great line. <laughs> Imagine the smile on his face when he wrote that. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he probably took a lap around the room.
1: Oh, it's like, we're, 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 one, we're one line in it, and this motherfucker's already spitting.
0: The administ- like the double entendre, sorry, of smoke with, like, soccer supporters and smoke and mirrors. Sorry, it's good. It's yeah, I'm sure the, colu- sure the we-
2: columnist from the Columbus Dispatch... Knows that there's smoke at soccer games But also like having said that Bringing <laughs>
1: mirrors into the supporter section Along with the smoke would be just an electric effect Like if everyone was holding mirrors up While the smoke was happening too
0: It's not just too late we Literal can smoke and
1: real. mirrors in the Bailey We can do this, that would be
2: Holy <laughs> shit Just make sure you hold them up If I see people walking around with mirrors down I'm calling security <laughs>
1: <laughs> The most narcissistic fan base in MLS Everyone brings a mirror to the game
2: uh, the administration broke them out again last week when Columbus when Columbus Mayor Andrew. I sorry, that was just such an awkward prose uh, style. Like, I, I had to like look at it and be like, "Did I read that right?" But I I did. No, oh, this guy this guy writes professionally for a living. Um, the administration broke them out again last week. I guess the smoke and mirrors they. Broke out um, again. Yes. Yeah, breaking mirrors. That's always. But a like point. smoke and mirrors should be the people deceiving the administration, not the.
1: Yeah, if you break out the smoke and mirrors, like you're already tipping your hand at that point, right? Yeah. Like if you see someone walk into a room with smoke <laughs> and mirrors and they carry just them in, boxes of right. them coming in, right? It, it's it, it's just you're you're being a little too obvious in your ploy for deception. It's it would be like carrying a bag that said burglar tools into the bank with you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the people people know that smoke and mirrors are metaphorical, right? You don't like literally bring the smoke and mirrors <laughs> to the meeting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just don't bust out the cloak and dagger. I don't know. Have, you seen, when, congr- have you
2: seen congressional hearings
1: recently? I wouldn't be surprised if someone does actually bring smoke and mirrors onto the floor of Congress at some point.
0: First one the, that does it's a genius.
2: The administration broke them out again last week when Columbus Mayor Andrew J. Ginther announced that the proposed community sports park tied to the city's deal to build the Columbus crew a shiny new stadium was finally coming as promised. When we announced our support for the Columbus crew, the mayor declared, we were committed not only to soccer, but to affordable housing around the new downtown stadium, infrastructure in the arena district to bring in new jobs, historic minority investment in the building of the stadium, assurance that historic crew stadium did not become an abandoned facility in the middle of our neighborhoods, kind of shine a shine a light on that one. Um, oh, Sorry, that was, that was my editorializing Yes <laughs> and, and a community sports park that would serve as a destination for youth and adult sports I love how like we- with this sort of stuff too Whenever
1: there's a politician, it's like Okay, we have to ramrod this deal through a city council or something How many different boxes can we check that like when i give a speech about this or when we're selling it to the public it's going to have everything it's going to have affordable housing it's going to have jobs it's going to have diversity equity and inclusion it's going to plant a billion trees it's going to suck its own dick it's, it's just everything <laughs> under the sun just whatever it takes to sell this
0: and then i noticed uh, <laughs> there's no women owned businesses
2: involved here so i'm i'm a hard no so
0: <laughs> we have we have
2: delivered on every aspect citation needed on that one yeah, I've been to I, 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 stadium, yeah, I was up there and i didn't I, see a lot of affordable housing around the facility <laughs> except we've delivered on every aspect except the sports park and i am wow. excited that today we are able to advance this component that is so important to our residents where to begin <laughs> not at the old map free stadium that's for certain once touted oh, as the perfect location for this community sports park by the city and its consortium of cruise savers, and to be fair, oh.
1: where where Mapfree Stadium is is the perfect location for absolutely
2: nothing. It's the perfect location
1: for a Burger King off
2: the highway. Like it's a. I, I love the cut the call out of the consortium of cruise savers. By the way, yes, right, that is that's so very good.
1: good. Captain Headband and his twelve merry men of weirdos. Mapfree Stadium
2: will no longer be the park's home. Primarily. This is because in their zeal to seal the stadium deal. For zeal to seal
1: the stadium the deal. deal. Oh, that's, man, that's some M&M shit right there. Damn. Oranges, peach players, pumps, syringes. Yeah,
2: yeah Theodore <laughs> Decker is spitting. City officials and others did zeal not first. Zeal to
1: seal the stadium deal.
2: <laughs> City officials and others did not first secure the approval of the landowner. The Ohio Expositions Commission that controls the Ohio Expo Center and State Fair.
1: What's the old line about never assume malice when incompetence is the most likely answer?
0: (laughs) We're going to tear up the parking lots. And the the fairground who owns a parking lot goes, "Uh, I'd really like to keep those parking lots, actually.
1: It's like, we're going to build this brand new park. It's going to be great for all the kids on this land, which we definitely own. We swear that we own this.
0: So this is hilarious. I don't. I remember this uh, vividly during Save the Crew. They had renderings of the beautiful sports park that would be built around Mapfree. and it had like twelve little soccer fields around it and everything. It looked. It looked glorious and very green it was going to be a whole park this I is why i like, remember this. this is
1: why the best job in the world is a person that does renderings for a living because if you know how to do renderings <laughs> you don't need to own shit you can render anything anywhere they had yes. rendered an olympic park in downtown cincinnati back in the 90s and convinced yes. everyone We were going to host the Olympics. They can render World Cup shit on the side of Paul Brown Stadium. You don't like the way, you know, Walnut Hills look? Let's render a new neighborhood right up in there. Like, (laughs) let's render four more skyscrapers in downtown. That river doesn't look blue enough. Let's render something different right there. It's the ultimate bullshit artist job when you don't want to be social with people.
2: A key component to any sale, after all, is a willing seller. In this case, the owner was not willing. That's also, that's also something to remember for the transfer talk we talked about, right? Yes, you need yes. a willing seller. Yeah. yeah. So while the crew done, moved... Done, in, we've moved on. So <laughs> while the crew moved into their new digs and soccer fans tooted their vuvuzelas in celebration... <laughs> Come on, this is great. This yeah. is
1: like big, I haven't watched soccer in 20 years energy right here. Yeah, like vuvuzelas
2: so were hot in the street back in the early and, 2000s. It all was right in the arena district... The old stadium grew older, and its parking lots remained parking lots. This was not a good look for Ginther, who had promised a cutting-edge sports park serving the 200,000-plus residents whom he said lived within three miles of Mapfre. With years of
0: negotiation... hang on, hang on. 200,000 people live within three miles of Mapfre. It's exactly one mile to walk from the McDonald's to the stadium, which is the closest establishment... There's no excuse for poor
2: attendance for the Columbus crew.
0: 200,000 people live within within three miles. Yeah. Right. Jesus Christ.
2: (laughs) With years of negotiations going nowhere, he had to put the darn thing somewhere. And now we know where. Five miles northeast of Mapfree on land that sits closer to downtown Westerville than to South Linden.
0: Damn. Fuck those people in Westerville.
2: Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't know any of those references, but
0: damn.
2: <laughs> Westerville sounds like a suburb, right? No, yeah, Westerville
1: yeah. sounds like Eagleton. It sounds like a made-up name just designed to sound fancier than the place that you want
2: something to be at. It's Sherman, Sherman, Illinois.
1: Yeah, like Westerville, they have a Whole Foods in
2: Westerville. I would bet my life savings on that. Here's the best part. His sports park is going to go where there already is a sports park. <laughs> <laughs> Geodog, I heard how much you like sports parks. It's true. The new sports park will be located at Kilbourne Run Sports Park, which is what the Columbus Recreation and Parks Department already called it. The department also calls it a, quote, prime soccer park, unquote, and one of the city's two, quote, top soccer facilities. So is the
1: difference between a prime soccer park and a non-prime soccer park whether or not Vulcan was blown up? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay, this is all very silly, <laughs> but at least we're saving some money. Wrong.
0: Oh, there should have been
2: like a question mark after after at least we're saving There's, some money. Right, I think yes. right? right. But at least we're saving some money. Was there an exclamation point after wrong? No. No. It's wrong. Wrong. A release from the mayor promised that the city will be investing millions of dollars to enhance it. The release also included a sketch of the enhancements. A rendering yeah compare it with google satellite images and the recreation and parks department's existing map of kilbourne run sports park and you'll see much of what city's taxpayers are getting for their millions of dollars they're getting two fewer soccer fields
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's so alarmingly on brand that the
2: columbus crew would play less soccer (laughs) that's not a joke in the new park sketch there are 14 playing fields at the existing park there are 16 one of the wow. new ones, though, would be called, quote, championship field, unquote. According to the sketch, it will have some stands and locker rooms, so that's something. That's a U.S. Open Cup home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else is different in the new sketch? Well, there are more trees where a parking lot is now. I'm there sorry, are also people
1: f- not like trees? Trees provide oxygen that fights global
2: warming. Apparently, this guy is a climate change denier. Yeah. It's sad. Busted. There also are five retention ponds of various sizes. Hey kids, if you're really lucky, maybe they'll be stocked with carp. Let's be real. <laughs> what does this
1: guy think kids do? Yeah, like <laughs> this guy think it's the Leave it to Beaver in the
2: 1950s and kids are just walking up to the park with a fishing pole in hand. I will say like looking at this guy's picture, I would I would wager that this is somebody who has not updated his picture since like 1997. Like I think he's probably 30 years older than the picture on the on the, on the article right yeah, they, they, they got this off his AIM profile when he joined the paper. Yeah. Let's be real. This was never about the kids. This was Ooh. never about serving historically underserved city neighborhoods like North and South Linden. This was just an attempt to sugarcoat the hard to swallow pill that huge sums of public dollars were being spent to appease a private sports team, whose owners could easily have built a new stadium all by themselves. And that's worth acknowledging here, because this is not in the article. But there's like a hundred dollar a hundred million dollars of public money went into the construction for for the new crew stadium. Yeah. Boy. It's a tough at look. At
0: least. They they also did a, a number of other things where essentially the city ate the expansion fee for the new team is how the math eventually worked its way well they
2: had to pay money to deshaun watson somehow yeah (laughs) they needed 250 million dollars to give to deshaun watson so the least the state could do is give them 150 and probably the hush the hush money that the nfl is going to
1: need to pay to all of his accusers so
0: yeah yes which is probably worth pointing out that um i don't know yeah maybe maybe columbus crew fans could have done some sort of Vague protest. Maybe they, maybe they did, but like that feels like their brand, and I'm not sure that they did. So
1: yeah, it's 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 really shocking to me that the Columbus Crew fans didn't find an opportunity to be performative in some way about something they were fake <laughs> angry about.
2: As part of this latest exciting announcement, Ginther promised that investments in recreation and sports will go far beyond Kilbourne Run. The city," he said, "will begin work on a three-season pickleball tournament facility at Mock Park.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a hundred percent made up. Mock Park. Mock Park.
2: <laughs> it does feel like some shit you like make up because you're like really nervous. <laughs> you're like, uh, hey, we'll where do the fu- uh, where the
1: fuck were you last night? You didn't come home. Uh, he's like, I was playing pickleball at.
2: Mock Park He's he's like looking around the room He sees like somebody eating a pickle He's like, uh, p- Pickleball at, uh, uh, And somebody's like making fun of somebody uh, m- Mock Park
1: Also, when did Pickleball become like a thing overnight? Like I blinked and all of a sudden everybody was playing Pickleball Did I just, am I just getting really? old? Yeah, no, is, is, am I just missing life?
0: I... I it hasn't it hasn't exploded in, in my life, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh what do they call that? Better Meinhoffing that into my life, so thank
2: you. Yeah, you need to
1: make friends with more Westsiders, I think.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> this whole affair may feel to some city residents as yet another bait and switch. Yet another instance of the city promising one thing and on the backs of taxpayers delivering quite another. That's literally the definition of bait and switch, so thank you. Yes, Yes. thank you. Well, you know, it's, it's people who read, like, local newspapers. They kind of, <laughs> they kind of may, might need it spelled out a little bit. The type bit. of person that's willing to pay a dollar for this quality of journalism. I mean, if, it, if it's a dollar for six months, what do you, what do you expect? <laughs> a lot more weekly reading segments on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> to those naysayers, the mayor has provided his official response. Let them play pickleball. Are we going for a let wow. them eat cake thing right here, little Marie Antoinette
1: in Columbus?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's, oh, it could have ended better.
2: Yeah, you could tell this guy was having a really good time. He was, <laughs> you could tell he was, he was like really filling himself right in this column between right. the internal rhyming and the the little jokes <laughs> at the beginning and the end. Steel, yes. steel. he didn't
1: rhyme anything with pickleball at the end, which would have been fun, but I don't know.
0: So I think I, I'm with him in the general point of like this this sports park sounds really stupid, right? But he also strikes me as the kind of guy who'd be mad at any sports park being built. So like maybe his argument is just like if this is what you're going to do just save the money. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't just, I don't
1: perceive like, that if they would have actually bulldozed historic crew stadium and built a great sports park there. I still don't think he feels like they would have gotten the money from the Columbus crew deal that it still would have been. We are sending a hundred million dollars to a not great person. That's the owner of the Columbus (laughs) crew. I mean, not like we have a lot of, you know, particularly large Hill to stand on there, but
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. He does seem like a hater, but I would say speaking as a hater, um, don't give your haters like something very, very easy, right? Because cause now, now he's yes. kind of got the high ground up. Right. Yes. It, it, it is a layup too
1: in this idea of that – of all the things that were listed at the start of that, all the bullshit of we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and we're going to build a park for kids. That seems far and away the easiest one of those things to accomplish and you fucked yes. that up. So that doesn't fill me with a lot of optimism as a voter or it wouldn't fill me as a lot of optimism as a voter that we were going to get the low income housing when we can't even get a couple fucking soccer fields built in the parking lot.
2: It's probably harder to call them out on like the, you know, additional jobs and low income housing and stuff because that that those are the kinds of things that take more time. But like when you say like, oh, whoopsie, we never owned the land we were going to put the kids park on. And we're just going to put it in the suburbs where there's already a nice little park for the suburban kids. Like, that's that's very low-hanging fruit.
1: It's also right. fucking stupid that if you're a politician, it's like, we're going to build a great community park on this land we don't own. Well, if I own the land, the first thing I'm saying is, well, that price just fucking tripled.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I... He could do so much more by just like building futsal courts and combination soccer basketball courts all throughout the inner city if you were desperate to provide, you know, recreational activities to children. So feels- I was on
2: I was in Price Hill um at a couple of weeks ago at uh Psalm wine bar and there's like a futsal court right there. And it was yeah. like it was like we're leaving, it's like eight thirty at night. There's a bunch of kids using it. Like actually playing futsal on it too. I was I was I was surprised. That's how it starts. Yeah. Start them
0: young, get them into it, they develop good foot skills, get them into the academy,
2: we're winning MLS cups. That's
0: how yeah. it happens.
2: Pretty soon they're <laughs> qualifying for the World Cup with Guatemala. You should have asked if any of them can play <laughs> <No>. center back.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was anybody putting in hard tackles on the concrete? Because yeah. that's who you want. Right. <laughs> oh, man. What a good article. I'm, I'm really happy to see that Columbus is going to spend millions of dollars to remake a park to get two fewer uh, fields. That's really smart. That's really good. Championship field also struck me as USL championship. Yeah. Hmm? Hmm?
1: Hmm. 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 Maybe. Well, as we end the last segment, I end this one with Fuck Columbus. Yep. <laughs>